Hey, what's up guys? It is Clay. Hope you're having a great day. Today I want to talk about Friedrich Nietzsche and his three stages of life. These three stages indicate the journey a person has to go through in order to get freedom in this world. Uh, true freedom, he would say, isn't something that's just given to you. It's something that is worked towards. And if you just follow culture, if you do what you're told, you're basically not going to accomplish that. So Friedrich Nietzsche was a philosopher from the 1800s. He actually died in the year 1900, I believe. And so most of his work was in the late 1800s. So a lot of these ideas are quite old. But like a lot of philosophers, a lot of his ideas weren't really taken seriously until after his death. So if you've watched any of my other videos, you'll know that I'm a bit of an advocate for doing what you need to do, following your own path, sort of fulfilling that thing inside of you. And a lot of that involves shedding all this stuff that society puts upon you. We have all these burdens that are placed on our back. And it really comes down to the motivation of why you're doing things. Is it because you've been told to or is it because you actually want to? So when I first sort of stumbled upon this concept, it was a lot of the same ideas that I had been kind of thinking. And these three stages of life kind of vocalized and sort of really packaged up my sort of rambling thoughts in a nice way. So that's why I really liked this when I found it. So the basic idea with the three stages of life is we come into the world kind of as blank slates. We are babies. Your parents will slowly teach you things. And at first they're quite simple. But as things go on, more and more ideas about what you should do, who you should be, what you should say, cultural norms, all these things are kind of piled upon you. So a lot of these things that you're taught as you grow up, you know, there's thousands of them if you think about it. It could be as simple as like how to be polite in, in the presence of strangers or how to sit at a dinner table properly or don't chew with your mouth open. Or it could be as complicated as you know, what you're supposed to do with your life as a career and education. All these cultural norms that are kind of piled upon us. And that's not to say that a lot of these things are bad. But I think what Nietzsche is getting at with these three stages is it's the motivation behind it. If you are doing a lot of these things mainly because society tells you you have to, then that's the wrong motivation. You should be doing things because you think it's right or it makes sense to you or it's sort of part of your path. So let's jump in to the first stage. The first stage, according to Nietzsche, is the camel. And the camel is kind of what you'd expect. So in real life, what is a camel doing? A camel is carrying heavy stuff around for other people. Like a camel doesn't really have a lot of choices. Later on in life, it's not like a camel can retire and enjoy its life and not carry stuff around anymore. It, it pretty much is doomed to carrying these things for other people. And so we as camels, basically we accept all the burdens that are placed upon us as we go along these burdens get heavier and heavier, and eventually, you know, we might burn out. So I think the key with the camel is it's kind of like a willful beast of burden. And why is that? I, th I think it's because at the root of it all, you respect the rules, you respect culture, you respect what your parents want you to do. So basically, you, you voluntarily take on all these burdens and you put them on your back and you start trudging along through life. At first, it might be fine because the burdens might not be too heavy. But as time goes on, you've, you take on more and more and a lot of these things might be too heavy for you to carry. And eventually, you just 
you're tired. And I think that's the problem with being a camel. So the interesting thing about a camel is everybody else is usually quite happy with you because you're carrying their stuff, you're carrying their weights, you're helping them. I could use the example of a man. So you went to college, you got that good job, you're now working your eight to 10 hour a day, you've got a family, you've got kids, you're doing all the stuff that society says and you're, you're, you know, you're being a, a good man. I guess you could say. Eventually, if you're doing all those things for sort of the wrong reason, or you're just doing it because that's what's expected of you, you're probably going to go into a bit of a midlife crisis at some point because you took on too much stuff or you're just overly burdened. And I heard this quote one time and it was, if it's too heavy, it's because you picked it up. And so the reality is, as a camel, you have the choice, but you willingly take it on. And then one day you realize, this is too much. This isn't what I want to do. I think that a lot of people don't even make it to being a camel. They don't even make it to that first stage of life of taking on those burdens, of being like a good citizen, a good soldier kind of idea. So those are the people that maybe don't really ever do anything, kind of like the failure to launch type situation. So just because it's the first stage of life doesn't necessarily mean that you know a person is guaranteed to get there which is kind of interesting so you've kind of got to even get to the camel stage you've actually already achieved something so within the three stages of life nietzsche has this idea of the dragon so the dragon is this sort of awe-inspiring creature um, with thousands of glistening scales on it and you know, the camel is both in awe of the dragon, but also, you know, terrified of the dragon. So this idea of the dragon is, in a lot of ways, very similar to kind of the traditional definition of God, I guess you could say. Kind of this beautiful, beautiful creature, but it's also, there's, there's a fear element to it. And so the camel basically goes along with this, like, awe-inspiring respect for this, this creature, the dragon, who has thousands of scales. Each scale, there is written a commandment, sort of like a thou shalt or a thou shalt not. And the idea is that everything that you should do is written on this dragon. And this dragon is basically the enforcer of culture and will let you know when you aren't doing it right. So in the beginning, as you're kind of taking on burdens as a camel, this dragon kind of, kind of highlights your inadequacies as a person. So it's almost like this subservient thing that you take as a camel. And it's almost like you feel like you owe it to this dragon to do what it says. So in a lot of ways, being a camel is seen as a kind of an admirable thing. You are helping others. I mean, if you actually look at what society's definition of a good person is, that's it. it. It's the camel. And that's why the camel is doing what the dragon wants. The dragon represents culture. However, it all comes down to the motivation again. If, if you're just doing it because of what it's what you should do, then Nietzsche would say basically you're not free. And so the, the next stages are about gaining that freedom from the dragon. So eventually, if the camel is sort of enlightened enough, it will start to realize some of these things. It'll realize that it doesn't really maybe like what it's doing. It doesn't want to uphold every single one of these cultural values that are placed on its back. It doesn't really want to carry all these loads. 
it, maybe it starts to realize it can't. Like it, there's too much weight on its back and it's literally having a breakdown and it's like, I need to get rid of some of this stuff. So it's at this point, if the camel follows this path far enough, it starts to see all these thou shalts and rules and traditions more as options rather than hard, fast rules. And when it does this, it's gonna get a lot of pushback from culture, obviously. If you're doing things that culture doesn't want you to do or people don't want you to do, you're gonna get a lot of pushback. And so the camel will transition into the lion, which is the second stage of life. And so I think it's important to say that most people, 99.9% .9 of people, never make it out of the camel stage, even if they make it to the camel stage in the first place. So most people, live their entire lives doing what is expected of them, doing what other people want, you know, being a nice guy. And I use the word nice guy not as a nice person. Um, there's actually a book, it's called No More Mr. Nice Guy. Uh, Glover, I think the guy wrote it. Anyway, interesting book, and I think it would be good for men or women, but it kind of like talks about really how to shed this sort of nice guy syndrome that a lot of people have. Anyway, I think this nice guy syndrome is basically the camel. It's just doing what other people want and sort of almost sacrificing yourself. So as soon as you start to realize that maybe you don't have to do all these things you've been told to do, and the key here is you actually begin to resist it. So I think that's the key with the lion. You become the lion. And the lion is all about resistance to these rules that it's been told to do. So the lion is all about figuring out all the ways it's been enslaved, all the ways that it's been put in a cage, all the various burdens that's been put on its back and slowly removing them. And this is a difficult process. Like this isn't something that you just one day realize, oh, I'm gonna remove all these burdens. The thing is, is that these burdens are so deeply programmed into you that it can take a long time before you even realize what all of them are. So this lion is a journey as it begins to discover those things in itself and then resist them. The lion is also a slave, but the difference between the two is the camel doesn't realize it's a slave. So the camel is basically like an ignorant slave. It doesn't really know it's a slave. The lion is still a slave. It's still under this dragon but it does, it's starting to realize it. It knows that it's a slave. And so essentially it is the lion's destiny to fight the dragon. So it battles this dragon. Each one of these scales that has a thou shalt on it, the lion says, no, I'm not doing that. Every single scale that has a you shall not do this, the lion's like, yes, I will do that. And the way I kind of look at this lion is this lion is fighting just for the principle of it. It's told to do things, and just because of that, it fights them and doesn't want to do it. So like I said, the lion is basically in the process of figuring out all the ways it has been enslaved. Because it doesn't want to be enslaved anymore. It wants to identify those things. So let's say you were raised in a religion that you never really adopted or you never felt really made sense to you. And you were basically just doing it for appearance sake. I think there's lots of people that are doing religions just for appearance sake, and then they live the rest of the week. They go to church on Sunday, and then they live the rest of the week basically as functional atheists, and it's very apparent, and it's like, well, why are you calling yourself that religion when it's obvious that you don't believe that? It's because it's for appearance sake. And of course, 
Just because you believe something, I'm not saying that you are a camel, it's the motivation behind the belief. If you believe something because it makes sense to you and it's something that you've chosen, then that's not being a camel. A camel is doing something just because you've been told to do it. It's just about appearances and making everybody else happy. And here's the problem with the lion. Uh, when you're growing up and when you're a camel, you kind of have an idea of what the meaning of life is or the purpose of life or your purpose in life, I guess would be a better description. Your purpose is to be a camel, to carry these heavy burdens for people and help people. And it almost sort of satisfies that, that meaning. But when you become a lion and you start to shed all these things, I think the main problem is you kind of lose that meaning. So the issue is, is that a lot of these values that, the, that you're now shedding as a lion may very well have been helpful things in your life. They might have given you purpose, meaning, or just uh, you know, been helpful tools for your like, emotional well-being. But the problem is because your motivations weren't in check, um, they were more pushed upon you. So the lion sheds them. And as all these things are shed, the lion basically goes into this nihilistic phase. And so nihilism, if you don't know what that word means, is basically this state where nothing matters. Nothing means anything. There's no purpose to anything. And I have definitely gone down that path. Um, I kind of feel like a couple years ago, I started to kind of go into this phase. And it's almost like, um, you know, people have different words for this, like existential crisis. Um, it usually accompanies depression and things like this, where you sort of start to realize the complete meaninglessness of everything. And that's basically what happened to me at one point. Um, it's sort of like, well, if all these things are made up, then does anything mean anything? Does my life mean anything? After I die, will there be anything of value that I've left behind? Okay, well, I'll leave this behind. But does that even have value? It's a really difficult place to be in as a person because it's just, to me, it's just utter exhaustion. It's exhaustion with the world, exhaustion with all the things I have to do. And it almost starts to feel like, for me, like that's when suicide starts to feel like a bit of an option. So Nietzsche actually says that it's a huge mistake for people to get to this nihilistic state as an end destination. And I think that's where a lot of people stop. And so this whole thing is a bit of a journey, right? If you make it to camel, a lot of people get stuck in camel. If you make it actually past into the lion, which so few people even make it, it is tempting now to get stuck as this lion and become a nihilist. But I think Nietzsche is clear that nihilism is a bit of a transitionary phase and it's not meant to be a destination. And it, it kind of sounds like, according to him, it's, it's sort of unavoidable. What is the solution to gain out of this nihilistic phase? Nietzsche says that every person has this seed inside of them and we have the choice whether to nurture that, water that, and sort of watch it grow into the people that we could be. But a lot of us are scared of that person. And so we get stuck in these various stages along the way. And so you might notice that this is kind of a theme from my other videos as well. It's like finding your purpose, like doing that thing that you're supposed to be doing. Uh, Nietzsche is also kind of hinting at that here. And so, you know, Nietzsche has this one quote from his book. And it, it basically to explain why people are scared of this higher self 
that is possible within them. It's what the seed inside of them grows into. It grows into them. It grows into their higher self. And this is it. Um, most people are scared of this higher self because, quote, when it speaks, it speaks demandingly. So this demanding voice that's inside of us, the, the problem is, is that a lot of times these things that we kind of know that we should become, a lot of it is counter to what other people want for us. So this whole process, you know, shedding all that camel stuff, becoming the lion, almost becoming nihilistic for a minute, and then pushing through that to find that thing that we sort of all know should be inside of us. And so Nietzsche says, in order to do this, we have to find and work towards difficult goals. They have to be difficult. And we have to set these things and work hard towards them. So the problem is when you're stuck in that nihilistic phase though, all these goals that you're, you, know, you should work towards, they start to feel really meaningless, I guess. And you're like, well, what's the point? Why should I work towards this goal when it's all meaningless, right? Um, I don't know if other people have kind of ever got to that point. But, you know, when I was going through that, you know, I still slide into it now and then. You know, if I'm really tired, if I've had some things that are emotionally exhausting, it just all starts to feel quite meaningless. But it's not a dominant state, I guess, in my life anymore, which I'm thankful for. I think I've, I've worked really hard to find meaning and purpose, and I'm pushing towards those things. According to Nietzsche, like, it might be hard for people to actually find that thing that they should be doing. You know, you're so accustomed to doing what other people want you to do, um, to actually find that thing inside of you, nurture it, and go into your higher self. What should you do? What should you look for? So I'm gonna read this quote here. He says, let the youthful soul look back on life with the question, what have you truly loved up till now? What has elevated your soul? What has mastered it and at the same time delighted it? Place these venerated objects before you in a row and perhaps they will yield for you through their nature and their sequence, a law, a fundamental law of your true self. Compare these objects, see how one complements, expands, surpasses, transfigures another, how they form a stepladder upon which you have climbed up to yourself as you are now. For your true nature lies not hidden deep within you, but immeasurably high above you, or at least above that which you normally take to be yourself. So if as a lion you can actually get past this nihilistic phase and move towards that higher self and sort of stop fighting the dragon so much and instead move towards who you're supposed to be, you can move on to the next stage, which is the child. So when I first heard that the third stage was child, I thought that was you know, kind of counterintuitive in a way. It's like you're moving along, you think you'd become this great majestic creature like a dragon, like your own version of the dragon. But that's not how Nietzsche views it. it he views it as becoming a child. And why is that? It's because you should eventually be, almost become like a child at play. That's what you should resemble. You're moving in these directions that interest you and finding those things that challenge you as a person and things that you enjoy. And so if you've ever watched a child play, you're gonna know what I'm talking about. They kind of just move around and find things that are interesting. They just discover things and then they laugh and it's like, look at this interesting thing I found and they play with it. And then when it no longer interests them or they've you know discovered it enough, they move on to the next thing. And 
uh, that's the interesting thing about children is that they don't have an agenda. Like, it's not like they're scheduled on this is what they are accomplishing for today and then they are moving on to this exact task tomorrow. And here is my four-year plan to achieve this goal. They're basically children at play and they, they follow their instincts and interest. And I think that's what Nietzsche is getting at here is if when you move into the child phase, you'll resemble that. So as a creator, the child is about saying yes to things rather than no, like the lion. So if you remember, the lion was basically looking at the dragon scales and saying no, no, no. The child, it's almost like it doesn't even care about the dragon anymore. It kind of just skips around the dragon and laughs. Like it, it doesn't take it seriously anymore. And it kind of just skips away gleefully to kind of do its play. It's excited about things. And I think that's the difference. The lion is kind of this stressed out, you know, anxious, fighting creature. And the child is past that to the point where it realizes it doesn't have to fight anymore. It doesn't have to even worry about this dragon. And the child is okay with taking risks because it, it realizes it's all a game. This whole thing is just a game to be played. And the child is essentially excited about finding new games to play. So the interesting thing about this whole process, I think, is you can't really shed the system, shed all those scales on the dragon until you've lived within it. I don't think it's really possible to go, you know, skip camel and just go straight to line, for example. Uh, I think certain people sort of move through these stages quicker than others. Certain people get stuck or certain people kind of start to tiptoe in the line and then you know they regress back into the camel for the rest of their lives. Um, the hard part about becoming the line, it's not just about fighting the dragon and culture, it's almost like fighting a part of yourself because that is within you at that point. It's really hard to even see all the ways that, that you've been programmed to behave. And so I watched this one commentary on sort of an analogy of the child and they, they likened it to, you're just an overflowing cup. And so the camel, it has a limit. People pile burdens on top of it and eventually you break the camel's back. Um, but with the child, it's almost like you become a cup and it's an overflowing cup and people can drink from the cup and it, it never empties. It's sort of this state where people aren't burdening you anymore. Um, you are be fulfilling your potential, I guess, as a, as a person, you've reached your higher self. So when I first read about this, I asked myself the question, like which stage do I think that I am in? And at the time I was kind of like squarely in the lion phase, basically fighting culture, trying to prove to people that I don't have to do that. I don't have to do those things that those people are telling me to do. And those things that I'm not allowed to do, maybe I'm allowed to do them. And the problem is when you do that, you receive an incredible amount of pushback from certain people in your life. And the reality is, is that you might have to move past some relationships because they're just not going to let you do it. Uh, they don't, they're not going to tolerate a lion. <laughs> For example, there's some families that are like, we don't tolerate lions, we tolerate camels, and that is it. So when you become the lion and you, you know, you just can't even help it, but fight that dragon, a lot of people aren't going to have it. So I think at this point, if I'm being honest with myself, like where am I in this stage, I'm probably, I would hope that I'm nearing the end of the lion. I'm starting to let go of some of these things to the point where it's like, well, whatever. 
Um, and I'm trying to just do what I want to do and move towards those things that really give me joy and bring purpose back into my life. But it's almost a self-fulfilled purpose. It's not this purpose that's been forced upon me by some people, some kind of institution. It's, it's something that I'm kind of looking for inside myself, which has been incredibly hard for me to actually look inside myself and try to find those things. I think I'm such a slave to doing what other people want me to do. I, I wouldn't say I'm such a slave now, but I was. And it's been the fight of my life to shed that. Just, I think I was just a people pleaser. I did all the things people wanted me to do. And now I'm looking at my life and going, okay, it's not too late. Like I, I still have some life left in me. I, you know, it's, it's funny this thing I do where I, I go, I feel like it's too late sometimes. And it's like my life is over. I mean, I'm, it's, it's funny, like you turn 30 and you go, well, it's basically 40, which, and then 40 is basically 50. And then, you know, 50 is basically 70. I'm basically almost retiring. My life's over, uh, which is just such a silly thing. I don't know if anybody else does that. But, you know, as I understand, it takes a long time to figure life out. And a lot of times, a lot of people don't figure it out until their 40s or 50s or 60s. I don't know. I'm trying to give myself some slack these days and I'm just trying to move towards what I think is right. And there's a lot of people that try to tell me what they think is right. And it doesn't make sense to me. I'm, it's a burden they're trying to put on my back like I'm a camel, but I'm not a camel anymore. And so I really like what Nietzsche has to say here. Anyway, uh, that's about all I have to say about this. So there's another sort of whole thing I could go into here, Nietzsche has all kinds of things to say, but there's actually this other philosopher, and she was sort of early 1900s. Uh, her name was Simone du Beauvoir. I hope I'm saying that right. But she's actually one of the early sort of founders of almost the feminist movement, which is interesting. But she also has a whole bunch of books um, about other philosophical topics. And I, I've actually... I really like what she has to say. So she actually has some ideas where she kind of builds upon what Nietzsche said here and kind of points out a few ways that she thinks he's wrong. So that's kind of my next thing. I'm going to kind of maybe research, look into more of her ideas. So if anybody's interested in hearing my thoughts on that, feel free to let me know. Anyway, comment below. What, what stage do you think you are in as a person if you had to kind of slot yourself into one of these uh, these stages. Anyway, thanks for watching. Hope you guys have a great day. Bye.